This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of proximal femoral focal deficiency from the pediatric section on orthobullets.com. Congenital defects of the proximal femur is a spectrum of disease that includes an absent hip, femoral neck pseudoarthrosis, absent femur, and shortened femur. Again, congenital defects of the proximal femur is a spectrum of disease that includes absent hip, femoral neck pseudoarthrosis, absent femur, and shortened femur. Proximal femoral focal deficiency is bilateral in 15% of cases. The pathophysiology involves a defect in the primary ossification center, which is a cartilage on lager. As far as the genetics of proximal femoral focal deficiency, this is primarily a sporadic etiology, but rare autosomal dominant forms exist. Remember that proximal femoral focal deficiency is associated with the sonic hedgehog gene. Associated orthopedic manifestations include fibular hemimelia in 50% of cases, ACL deficiency, coxivara, and knee contractures. Non-orthopedic manifestations include dysmorphic facies found in rare autosomal dominant types. The classification of proximal femoral focal deficiency is the Aitken classification, which is divided into four classes, A, B, C, and D. In class A, the femoral head is present and the acetabulum is normal. In class B, the femoral head is present and the acetabulum is mildly dysplastic. In class C, the femoral head is absent and the acetabulum is severely dysplastic. And finally, in class D, the femoral head is absent and the acetabulum is also absent. With respect to the presentation of proximal femoral focal deficiency, on physical exam, you may notice severe shortening of one or both legs. The percentage of shortening remains constant with growth. Again, the percentage of shortening remains constant with growth. Physical exam may also reveal a short, bulky thigh that is flexed, abducted, and externally rotated. Again, physical exam may reveal a short, bulky thigh that is flexed, abducted, and externally rotated. Finally, on physical exam, you may also notice that the patient has normal feet, which is the most common. As far as the goals of treatment for proximal femoral focal deficiency, treatment must be individualized based on ultimate leg length discrepancy, presence of foot deformities, adequacy of musculature, and proximal joint stability. Treatment can be non-operative or operative. Non-operative management can involve observation or extension prosthesis. Observation is indicated often in children with bilateral deficiency. An extension prosthesis is a less attractive option due to the large proximal segment of the prosthesis. However, keep in mind that an extension prosthesis does assist the patient when they attempt to pull themselves up to stand. Operative options are separated into ambulation without a prosthesis and ambulation with a prosthesis. An example of an operative option for ambulation without prosthesis includes limb lengthening with or without contralateral epiphysiodesis. This is indicated when there's a predicted limb length discrepancy of less than 20 centimeters at maturity. It's also indicated for a stable hip and functional foot, for a femoral length of greater than 50% of the opposite side, and the femoral head is present, that is an Aitken classification of an A and a B. Contraindications for limb lengthening with or without contralateral epiphysiodesis is an unaddressed coxivara, proximal femoral neck pseudoarthrosis, or acetabular dysplasia. Ambulation with a prosthesis has several options, and these include knee arthrodesis with foot ablation, femoral pelvic fusion or Brown's procedure, a Van Ness rotationplasty, or an amputation. A knee arthrodesis with foot ablation is indicated for an ipsilateral foot that is proximal to the level of the contralateral knee, 
Keep in mind that a prosthetic knee will not be below the level of the contralateral knee at maturity. Other indications for a knee arthrodesis with a foot ablation is the need for improved prosthetic fit, function, and appearance. A femoral pelvic fusion, or a Brown's procedure, is indicated when there is a femoral head that is absent, which is characteristic of an Aiken classification of a C and a D. A Van Ness rotationplasty is indicated when the ipsilateral foot is at the level of the contralateral knee. It's also indicated when the ankle has greater than 60% of motion. And finally, another indication is when there's an absent femoral head that is in the case for an Aiken classification of a C and a D. The surgical technique for a Van Ness rotationplasty involves a 180-degree rotational turn through the femur. Ankle dorsiflexion then becomes knee flexion, which allows the use of a below-knee prosthesis to improve gait and efficiency. Finally, amputation is indicated when the femoral length is less than 50% of the opposite side. As far as the surgical technique, make sure to preserve as much length as possible and amputate through the joints if possible in order to avoid overgrowth, which can lead to difficult prosthesis fit for the lower extremity after one year. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, an 11-week-old infant presents with a leg length discrepancy and otherwise normal neurologic exam. A radiograph reveals a right-sided proximal femoral focal deficiency with the involved limb held in flexion, abducted, and externally rotated. It is predicted that the ankle of the involved limb will lie at the level of the knee joint of the normal limb at maturity. What recommendations should be given to the parents? And the choices are 1. Immediate femoral pelvic fusion. 2. Immediate sim amputation and knee fusion with hip stabilization at one year if the femoral head is deficient. 3. Delayed sim amputation and knee fusion with hip stabilization at one year if the femoral head is deficient. 4. Delayed Van Ness rotationplasty with hip stabilization at one year if the femoral head is deficient. And 5. Immediate femoral lengthening. The correct answer to this question is 4. Delayed Van Ness rotationplasty with hip stabilization at one year if the femoral head is deficient. So the patient has proximal focal femoral deficiency with the involved foot lying at the level of the normal knee joint. A Van Ness rotationplasty may be performed to allow the ankle joint to bear a below-knee prosthesis. Follow-up radiographs for femoral head ossification, usually by six months, are necessary to evaluate the status of the hip joint, as a stable hip is required for efficient weight-bearing. If the femoral head fails to form, hip stabilization by femoral pelvic fusion is necessary. Gupta et al. reviewed the principles of rotationplasty. They state that the requirements include adequate plantar flexion strength, functional range of motion, sensate foot, and attainable or braceable proximal pelvic stability. They recommend against rotationplasty for proximal femoral focal deficiency in patients less than 12 years old to reduce late derotation. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, immediate femoral pelvic fusion is incorrect, as immediate femoral pelvic fusion is not indicated at this point because hip stability and the presence of a femoral head cannot be determined. Follow-up radiographs are necessary to detect femoral head ossification, which only appears at 6 months, and follow-up radiographs are also necessary to detect acetabular dysplasia. Treatment decisions should be deferred until then. Answer 2, Immediate sim amputation and knee fusion with hip stabilization at one year if the femoral head is deficient is incorrect as immediate sim amputation and knee fusion is not indicated because the foot is expected to be at the level of the contralateral knee. There will be excessive shortening of the leg if knee fusion is performed at this age. 
Answer three, delayed SOM amputation and knee fusion with hip stabilization at one year if the femoral head is deficient is incorrect as delayed SOM amputation and knee fusion is not indicated because the foot is expected to be at the level of the contralateral knee. And finally, answer five, immediate femoral lengthening is incorrect as immediate femoral lengthening is not indicated because the status of the hip joint is unknown and the expected final limb length is too short. The lengthening distance should be less than 20 centimeters for this to be successful. And moving on to the final question, the anterior cruciate ligament is most likely deficient in patients with which of the following abnormalities? And the choices are one, cladocranial dysplasia, two, congenital radial head dislocation, three, Apert syndrome, four, achondroplasia, and five, proximal focal femoral deficiency. The correct answer to this question is five, proximal focal femoral deficiency. So if you have good situational awareness and know that we're reviewing questions about proximal focal femoral deficiency, you should have gotten this question correctly. But to quickly review, proximal focal femoral deficiency is a developmental disorder that is present at birth and caused by a defect in the cartilage on laga of the proximal femur. It is associated with deficiency in development of the proximal femur, cervical pseudoarthrosis, fibular hemimelia, coxivara, and ACL deficiency. Westbury and Davids reviewed the diagnosis, management, and various controversies regarding proximal femoral focal deficiency. While treatment options in proximal femoral focal deficiency are numerous, strategies should be used which maximize patient function by consideration of hip stability and projected limb length difference. Manner et al. performed a radiographic analysis of 34 knees in patients with longitudinal congenital deficiency of the lower limb to assess the relation to the cruciate ligaments. They found three distinct types of cruciate ligament deficiency observed on tunnel view radiographs and suggest the diagnosis slash differentiation between absence and aplasia can be made on radiographs alone. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer one, cladocranial dysplasia is incorrect as this is caused by a mutation in the CBFA1 gene, aka RUNX2, with associated cranial abnormalities and absent development of the clavicle. Answer two, congenital radial head dislocation is incorrect as this is not associated with ACL deficiency. Answer three, Apert syndrome is incorrect as this is caused by mutation in the FGFR2 gene with associated facial and skeletal dysplasias, but no association with ACL deficiency. And finally, answer four, achondroplasia is incorrect as this is caused by a mutation in the FGFR3 gene and not associated with ACL deficiency. That's all for this review of proximal femoral focal deficiency. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com. And in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.